Welcome to the Speak Uneasy podcast. Please support the show by like, subscribe, and sharing the show. You can find us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, CloudHub, Gab, Twitter, and Truth Social. We do live shows every Monday and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Central Time on the foxhole.app, pill.net, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If it is impressed upon you to support the show financially, you may do so by visiting our merch store and also by making donations via Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, Bits on Twitch, or Gold Pills on the foxhole.app or pilled.net. You can also visit our website at thespeakuneasy.tv. All the links will be on the description box. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to the Speak Uneasy, a safe space where cancel culture does not exist because we are in a different prohibition era.
Welcome to another episode of the Speak Uneasy with your host, the bartender. Today's random read comes from the book of Lamentations, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, God's fierce anger. How hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud of his, in his anger and cast down from heaven unto the earth the beauty of Israel remembered not? his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord hath swallowed up all the habitations of Jacob, and hath not pitied, pitied. He hath thrown down in his wrath the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He hath brought them down to the ground. He hath polluted the kingdom and the princes thereof. He hath cut off his, in his fierce anger all the horns of Israel, he hath drawn back his right hand from before the enemy, and he burn against Jacob like a flaming fire, which devoureth round about. He hath bent his bow like an enemy. He stood with his right hand as an adversary, and slew all that were pleasant to the eye in the tabernacle of the daughter of Zion. He poured out his fury like fire. The Lord was an enemy. He hath swallowed up Israel. He hath swallowed up all her palaces. He hath destroyed his strongholds and hath increased in the daughter of Judah, mourning and lamentation. Once again, this random read comes from the book of Lamentation, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, God's fierce anger. Let me just put this away for a minute. Okay, so the random read as it as it uh, relates to today's events going on. I'm a very big proponent on putting all my trust into God, as um, I used to be all into politics. And if you've been a longtime listener to this show, and, and I know I haven't been consistent with my with my weekly shows as far as the recorded content goes, I used to do a lot of political um, news uh, commentary. Um, but since, but have since, I should say, have veered off from that because I think I've given up on the whole putting my trust into man and focused more on my relationship with God um everything that's happening right now is it's already happened in the bible and it's history repeating itself and i don't want to be left behind i really don't want to be left behind 
there is no way that he, like um, a quote man can fix the foolery that's going on in this earth anymore. I don't think so. It doesn't matter who you, who the, the person is because in some way they're all like everybody's connected to everybody. You know? Um this is the devil's kingdom, right? The earth is. So you know, I, I it, it took me a, a little bit of a, a while to to just say to myself, forget about the whole political thing, because it's not it's not even worth it. No human's gonna save me from my you know, no no human's gonna save me from my from my own salvation. The only human that's gonna help me is me. Um, but in order for me to help me <laughs> help myself, I have to have that relationship with God. And that's as much that's as much human um, help that I can do for myself is just to make sure that I, you know, build that relationship stronger, have more faith, try not, you know, I'm, I'm fighting so hard not to living, live in sin. It's, it's difficult. It's a very difficult thing to do. If, uh, you're very serious about your relationship. I'm, I am, I'm very serious. And, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever turn out to be this type of person, but here I am now, 2022, and I'm more concerned about my salvation than a lot of other things. You know, I've I've given up a big part of my life. I've given it up to walk this very narrow road. And when I say that is, you know, I, I left a job. I left a job that paid so much good money and um had great benefits but at the same time yeah I was getting a lot of money for it but to be honest I was losing a lot too I was losing my relationship not only with my family but also with God and um I'm glad that I walked away from my job never I've never been more happier and I've never felt more relieved. I don't know if any of you will ever understand what I'm feeling. But I've put in a lot of faith into God here. You know, I've, I've, I've put in a lot of faith. And um, went as far as to... And that's just part of the reason why I left my job. It's not 100% part of why... I left my it's, it's it's a percentage of why I left my job, but I need to focus more on my relationship, man. I lost so many years trying to do that, thinking that financial status or social status by any, you know was important, and it, it's really not. At the end of the day, you go home and you feel empty. You feel empty, you know. You even though um even though you may think that you're successful, success doesn't necessarily mean having so much good things, so much materialistic things. Um, there's a lot that comes with it too. I was losing my family and um, lost so much time, lost so much time uh, with my family. And now having to be here full-time with my family, having a business on the side and doing this, 
Um, it's a struggle. It's it's a it's a very difficult struggle financially. But for some odd reason, I don't feel the stresses of it. I really don't. You know, I it's it's almost as if I don't care. Um, a good example of that would be that movie uh, Office Space. I kind of feel the same way. I really do. Um, and it's weird. It really is weird. But it's 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 almost as if I feel that God's got me. You know, it's like it's like a father cradling his own son. Because I'm I'm God's. You know, we're all God's children. And I feel like he's cradling me, telling me that he's got me, even though I go through the daily struggles of walking this narrow path. Um, don't ever give up. Don't, you know, don't ever think that you're the only one who's going through so much, um, going through so much um, challenges in this narrow path because you're not, you're not, you got to endure it. Okay. Um <laughs> Yo, you remember, man, like Jesus, when he walked that path, he he knew what his fate was. He still walked through it. He still went through it. So we, we got to do the same thing. We got to bear We got to pick up our crosses and bear it and bear it to the end. And it doesn't matter about what, how, how the struggle is right now. It does not matter. Look at it at the end of the tunnel. Now is just a, a temporary thing. The struggle, the pain, the the frustration, the anger, the sadness, the sorrow, the agony, everything. I, look, I'm getting fed up with all the things that are going on in the world too. And I'm thinking to myself, God, when are you going to come? When are you going to come? And and um, we should just be more focused on our relationship, just making that stronger. That's our part is to make our relationship stronger and also to do what God has assigned each and every one of us to do because everybody here on this earth has an assignment that God has given them. And you may not think this, but I think this, it could be, it, be, it could be for good or it could be for bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but don't get it, don't get it twisted, man. Just because somebody is quote destined to do bad, that doesn't mean that they're going to go to heaven because they're doing what God wants them to do they still have free will to decide whether or not they want to do it or not so don't get that twisted just because they're doing what god knows that knows what they're going to do already that doesn't mean that that person doesn't have the choice to not do it or to do it we're still held accountable to what we do so don't ever forget that and don't think that oh just because you know god sees us doing something bad then that's our destiny no we still have free will. We still have free will. Don't ever forget that. And we still are going to be held accountable for each action that we do. So that's my little rant for for things that apply to the random read of the day. Um, yo, he's, he's going to come and he's going to come hard. And, um, you know, just like the days of old, when Moses... Um, or not with Moses, but when um when when Joseph and um the people were 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 um were going through the famine and you know all that stuff, God's people were covered because of their faith. And I think, you know, I don't believe in this whole rapture thing, but I do believe that God will protect His people. So, we're still going to go through the struggles. We're still going to go through this the the wars the 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 deaths 
the the famine, the diseases. We're going to go through that. We're going to go through that. But just know that God will he will cover his people. You just have to make sure you fix that relationship with him so you'll be covered. So that's all I got to say about that. Anyhow, let's go ahead and continue on to the uh, reading of the Jesuits. We're, I, I believe we're in chapter 5 right now. We're on chapter 5. And uh, I'm going to go through the outline of what we're, what's going to be talked about. So we're going to be talking about the maxims of the Jesuit on regicide. M. de la Chalotte, report to the Parliament of Bretagne, effects of Jesuit doctrine as shown in history, doctrine of mental equivocation, the art of swearing falsely without sin. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't know you can do that. Uh, the Seventh Commandment, Jesuit doctrine on blasphemy, murder, lying, theft, can't believe that this is all attached to them an illustrative case from pascal every precept of the decalogue made void jesuit morality the consummation of the wickedness of the fall so chapter five the jesuit teaching on regicide regicide murder lying theft etc the three great rules of the code of the jesuits which have stated in the foregoing chapter, namely, number one, that the end justifies the means. We've already read about that. And if uh, you if you want to re- refresh or review, just refer to the episode prior to this one. Number two, that is that it is safe to do any action, really, if it be probable, ri- probably right, although it may be more probably wrong. And number three, that if one if if one know to direct the intention aright, there is no deed. Be its moral character that what it may, which one may not do, may seem to give a license of acting so immense that to add thereto were an altogether superfluous 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 and indeed an impossible task but if the liberty with which these um, which would which pardon me i'm getting tongue twisted here but if the liberty with which these three maxims endow the jesuit cannot be, be made larger it is particular applications may nevertheless be made more pointed and the man who holds back from using it in all its ex- extent may be emboldened. Despite his remaining scruples or the dullness of his intellectual perceptions to avail himself to the utmost of the advantages it offers, quote, for the greater glory of God, end quote. He is to be taught not merely by general rules, but by specific examples, how he may sin and yet not become sinful, how he may break the law and yet not suffer the penalty. But further, these sons of Loyola are the kings of the world, and the sole 
hairs of all its wealth, honors, and pleasures. And whatever law, custom, sacred, and venerable office, august and kingly authority may stand between them and their rightful lordship over mankind. They are at liberty to throw down and tread into the dust as a vile and accursed thing. The moral maxims of the Jesuits are to be put in force against kings as well as against peasants. The lawfulness of killing excommunicated that is Protestant kings, the Jesuits, the, the Jesuit writers have been a great pain to maintain and by a great variety of arguments to defend and enforce. The proof is as abundant as it is painful. M. de la Chalotte reports to the Parliament of Bretagne as the result of his examination of the laws and doctrines of the Jesuits, that on this point there is a complete and startling uh, unanimity, unanimity, unanimity uh, in their teaching. By the same logical track do the, do the whole host of Jesuit writers arrive at the same terrible conclusion, the slaughter, namely, of the sovereign on whom the Pope has pronounced sentence of deposition. If he shall take meekly his extrusion from power and seek neither to resist nor revenge his being hurled from his throne, his life may be spared, but should, quote, he persist in disobedience, end quote, says M. de la Chalotte, himself a papist and addressing a popish parliament, this is again in quotes, he may be treated as a tyrant in which in which case anybody may kill him. Wow. Number one, such is the course of reasoning established by all authors of the society who have ex professo on these subjects. Bellar Bellarmine, Suarez, Molina, Mariana, Santarel, all the ultra Montanes, without exception, since the establishment of the society. Number two, but have not the writers of this school expressed in no measured terms their abhorrence of murder? Have they not loudly exclaimed against the sacrilege of touching him on whom the church's anointing oil? has been poured as a king in short do they f in short do they not forbid and condemn the crime of re regicide what's regicide i have to look that up yes this is true but they protest with a warmth that is fitted to awaken suspicion rome can be rome can take back her anointing and when she has stripped the monarch of his office, he becomes the lawful victim of her consecrated dagger. On what grounds, the Jesuits demand, can the killing of one who is no longer a king be called regicide? Suarez tells us that when a king is disposed, he is no longer to be regarded as a king, but as a tyrant. 
how do they determine this? How do they determine this? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. How do they determine that? I mean, it's obvious. It's it's pretty obvious to determine what tyrannical tyrannical can be, but I don't know how they like. Do they meet up? Do they have a vote? I mean, you know, how do they do this? He therefore loses his authority, and from that moment may be lawfully killed. Ooh, that's harsh, man. That's harsh. Nor is the opinion of the Jesuit Mariana less decided. Speaking of a prince, he says, if he should overthrow the religion of the country and introduce a public enemy within the state, I shall never consider that man to have done wrong, who favoring the public wishes would attempt to kill him. It is useful that princes should be made to know that they oppress the state and become intolerable by their vices and their pollution, they hold their lives upon the ten this tenure, that to put them to death is not only laudable, but a glorious action. What? It is a glorious thing to exterminate this pestilence and mischievous race from the community of men. Wow. That's pretty harsh, man. Number three. Wherever the Jesuits have planted missions, opened seminaries, and established colleges, they have been careful to in, uh, inculcate, wait, inculcate, inculcate these principles in the minds of the youth, thus sowing the seeds of future tumults, revolution, regicides, and wars. These evil fruits have appeared sometimes sooner, sometimes later, but they have never failed to show themselves to the grief of nations and the dismay of kings. John Chatel, who attempted the life on Henry IV, had studied in the College of Clermont, in which the Jesuit Geniard uh, was performed professor of divinity in the chamber of the would-be regicide a manuscript of guignard was found in which besides other dangerous articles that father approved not only of the assassination of henry the third by clement but also maintained that the same thing ought to be attempted against le bornet as he called henry the fourth which occasioned the first banishment of the order out of France as a society detestable and diabolical. The sentence of the parliament passed in 1594 ordained that all the priests and scholars of the College of Clermont and others calling themselves the Society of Jesus as being corruptors of youth, disturbers of the public peace, and enemies of the kings of state should depart in three days from their house and college and in 15 days out of the whole kingdom. But why should we dwell in these written proofs of the disloyal and murderous principles of the Jesuits when their acted deeds bear still more emphatic testimony to the true nature and effects of their principles? We have only to look around 
And on every hand, the melancholy monuments of these doctrines meet our afflicted sight. To what country of Europe shall we turn where we are not able to track the Jesuit by his bloody footprints? What page of modern history shall we open and not read fresh proofs that the papal doctrine of killing excommunicated kings was not meant to slumber in forgotten tomes, but not, but to but to be acted out in the living world, we will we see Henry the Third falling by this dagger. Henry the Fourth perishes by the same consecrated weapon. The King of Portugal dies by the order. Wow, these guys killed a lot of pe- uh, a lot of um, royalty. Uh, the great princes of Orange is dispatched by their agents, shot down at the door of his own dining room. Wow. <laughs> How many assassins they sent to England to murder Elizabeth, history attests. That she escaped their machinations is one of the marvels of history. Nor is it only the palaces of monarchs into which they have crept with their doctrines of murder and assassination. The very sanctuary of their own popes, they have defiled with blood. I don't doubt that at all, man. I really don't. These dudes are like, dude, these guys are like old school CIA and MI5 agents, man. Like way before those those agencies came to play, like CIA stuff, and they're like spies, and they're, they're embedded in all walks of life, man. All walks of life. It's it's scary, you know. It's scary because you could be a you could be friends with somebody who's in the order without even knowing. Um, we behold Clement the Fourteenth signing the order of the banishment of the Jesuits. And soon after, he is overtaken by their vengeance, and dies by poison in the gunpowder. Oh, the, I've done I've done research on the gunpowder plot. We see them deliberately planning to destroy at one blow the nobility and gentry of England. To them, we owe those civil wars, which for many, which for so many years, drenched with blood, the fair provinces of France. They laid the train of the crowning horror, the St. Bartholomew Massacre. Philip II and the Jesuits share between them the guilt of the invincible armada, in quotes, which, instead of inflicting the measureless ruin and havoc which its authors intended by a most merciful providence, became the means of exhausting the treasures and overthrowing the prestige of Spain. What a harvest of plots, tumults, seditions, revolutions, torturings, poisonings, assassinations, regicides, and massacre has Christendom reaped from the seeds sown by the Jesuits, nor can we be sure that we have yet seen the last and greatest of their crimes. I agree. They're still out and about. We just don't know who they are. They're 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 plugged in in every 
every facet of government. I, I I can guarantee that. I can I I think it's safe to say for me. I think it's safe to say uh, at least from me that there's at least one agent plugged in in every every part of government you can think of worldwide. I should add worldwide. I think I think it's safe to say that. I think I've probably worked with some of these people. I'm just saying. I am just saying, man. Oh, let's let's pre- okay. Before we even press on, man. So the gunpowder plot, man. That that story in itself was a very interesting thing to dig on. I would talk about that in another episode. Um because it's interesting to see that a lot of people like to wear the Guy Fox mask and they don't even realize that he was employed by the Jesuits to kill King James. He was the one, he was the fall guy of the whole gunpowder plot. He worked for the Jesuits and people are wearing his mask thinking like it's, it's, a, it's a symbol of freedom and all this stuff. Nah, man, it's not. It's not. Do some research. As a matter of fact, I'll probably do an episode on that. I've done re- I've done a little research on it, and it's a very interesting thing. Because, a lot, like I said, a lot of people like to wear these Guy Fox masks without even knowing who the heck Guy Fox is. And I don't know, you know, I really don't understand why they would. <laughs> Why, why would you be so, uh, so proud as to use that as a, quote, freedom symbol? I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's read on. We'll do a couple more paragraphs and then we'll take a break. We can bestow only the most cursory glance at the teaching of the Jesuits under the other heads of moral duty. Let us take their doctrine of mental reservation. Nothing can be imagined more heinous and at the same time, more dangerous, the doctrine of equivocation, says Blackwell, is for the consolation of afflicted Roman Catholics and the instruction of all the godly. It has been of special use to them when residing among infidels and heretics in heathen countries as China and Malabar. They have professed conformity to the rites and the worship of paganism. That's very synonymous with the Roman Catholic Church. And a lot of Catholics don't even know. They don't know that. Um, While remaining Roman Catholic at heart, and they have taught their converts to venerate their former deities in appearance on the strength of directing aright the intention and the pious fraud of concealing a crucifix under their clothes. Equivocation they have carried into civil life as well as into religion. A man may swear, says Sanchez, that he hath not done a thing, though he really have, by understanding within himself that he did not on such and such a day or before he was born or by reflecting on some other circumstance of the like nature, and yet the the word he shall make use of shall not have a sense implying any such thing. 
And this is a thing of great convenience on many occasions and is always justifiable when it is necessary or advantageous, advantageous, I I should say, sorry, in anything that concerns a man's health, honor, or estate. Felucius, in his moral questions, asks, is it wrong to use equivocation? Yeah, equivocation in swearing. I answer it first that it is not in itself a sin to use equivocation in swearing. This is the common doctrine after Sanchez. Is it perjury or sin to equivocate in a just cause? He further asks, it is not perjury, he answers. For example, in the case of a man who has outwardly outwardly made a promise without the intention of promising, if he is asked whether he has promised, he may deny it, meaning that he he has not promised with a binding promise and thus may swear. Wow. Okay, let's justify lying. That's pretty much what it is. How can we justify lying? Felicius asks yet again, with what precaution is equivocation to be used? When we begin, for instance, I say, I swear, we must insert in a subdued tone the mental restriction that today and then continue aloud, I have not eaten such a thing. Or, I swear, then insert, I say, then conclude in the same loud voice that I have done this or that thing. For thus the, per- for thus the whole speech is most true. What an admirable lesson in the art of speaking the truth <laughs> to oneself. Sounds like lawyer talk, huh? And lying and swearing falsely to everybody else. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. They they find justification for all sorts of stuff. I mean, how do you live with yourself? How do you live with yourself? We'll do one more paragraph. Let's press on. We shall offer no comment on the teaching of the Jesuits under the heads of the seventh commandment. The doctrines of the society which relate to chast- chastity are screened from exposure by the very enormity of their turpitude we pass them as we would the open grave whose protruded breath kills all who inhale it let all who value the sweetest uh, the sweetness of a pure imagination and the joy of a conscience undefiled shun the confessional as they would the chamber in which the plague is shut up or the path in which lurks the deadly scorpion. The teaching of the Jesuits everywhere deadly is here a poison that consumes flesh and bones and soul. Yes, I agree with that last statement right there for sure. You know, how do you live with yourself? You're justifying things to break the commandments of God. Interesting. Must be nice. To live like that and have no conscience of guilt, um, and you and all this in the name of God for for to do what's right, according to them, 
at least according to them. Anyhow, let's go take a break. And uh, when we get back, we'll finish the other half and we'll close out the bar. So uh, I will see you guys after the break. And welcome back to the show. So let's go ahead and press on. Which precept of the Decalogue is it that the theology of the Jesuits does not set aside? We are commanded to fear the great and dreadful name of the Lord our God. The Jesuits' bounty teaches us to blaspheme it. Pardon me. If one has been hurried by passion into cursing and doing despite to his maker, it may be determined that he has only sinned venially. This is much, but Casnetti goes a little a little further, farther. Do what your conscience tells you to be good and commanded, says the says this Jesuit. If through invincible error you believe lying or blasphemy to be commanded by God, blaspheme. God's not going to tell you that, dude. <clears throat> really? So God's going to, dude, that is, that's the devil. That's the devil telling you to do that kind of stuff. God doesn't tell you to do that stuff. <laughs> this is crazy, man. <clears throat> the license given by the Jesuits to regicide, we have already seen. Not less ample is the provision their theology makes for the perpetration of ordinary homicides and murders. Reginald says it is lawful to kill a false witness, seeing otherwise one should be killed by him. Parents who seek to turn their children from the faith, says Fagundes, may justly be killed by them. Dude, are you... Dude, this is crazy. These guys are are doing the opposite of what the Ten Commandments say. That's pretty much what it is, man. Uh, <clears throat> the devil always makes God's stuff opposite. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. The Jesuits... The Jesuit amicus teaches that it is lawful for an ecclesiastic or one in a religious order to kill a culminator when other means of defense are wanting. And Erlut uh, extends the same privilege to laymen. If one brings an impeachment before a prince or judge against another, and if not other, if and if that another and if that other cannot be any means avert the injury to his character he may kill him secretly he fortifies his opinion by the authority of banyas who gives the same latitude to the right of defense with this slight qualification that the culminator should first be warned that he desist from his slander and if he will not he should be killed not openly on account on on account of the scandal but secretly <clears throat> dude these guys are nuts man 
Of a like ample kind is the liberty which the Jesuit permit to be taken with the property of one's neighbor. This honesty in, its, in all its form forms they sanction. They encourage cheats, frauds, purloinings, robberies by furnishing men with a ready justification of these misdeeds and especially by persuading their votaries that if they will not if they will only take the trouble of doing them in the way of directing the intention according to their instructions, they need not fear being called to a reckoning for a reckoning for them hereafter. The Jesuit Emmanuel Saw teaches that it is not a mortal sin to take secretly from him who would give if he were asked that, it is not theft to take a small thing from a husband or a father. Dude, these guys are teaching exact opposite of what the Ten Commandments tell you how to, you know, the rules of what God's commandments. This blows my mind, man. I guess the ends do justify, the, the means justifies the ends for these guys. And that's exactly how they live. Uh, that if one has taken what he doubts to have been his own, that doubts makes that doubt makes it probable that it is safe to keep it. <coughs> that if one, from an urgent necessity or without causing much loss, which would wait takes wood from another man's pile, he is not obligated to restore it. One who has stolen small things at different times is not obligated to make restitution till such time as they amount together to a considerable sum. This is bad, man. This is bad. But should the purloiner feel restitution burdensome, it may conform comfort him to know that some fathers deny it with probability. The case of merchants who gains may not be increasing so fast as they could wish has been kindly considered by the fathers. Francis Tolay says that if a man cannot sell his wine at a fair price, that is, at a fair profit, he may mix a little water with his wine to or diminish his measure and sell it uh, for pure wine of full measure of course if it be law lawful to mix wine it is lawful to adult uh, adulterate all other articles of merchandise or to diminish the weight and go on vending as if the balance were just and the article genuine man they're really like they push dishonesty a lot no matter how little only the trafficker is sparious uh, in sparious goods with false balances must be careful not to tell a lie. Or if he should be compelled to equivocate, he must do it in accordance with the rules laid down by the fathers for enabling one to say what is not true without committing falsehood. Domestic servants also have been taken by the fathers under the shield of their causatry. Should a servant deem his wages not enough, or the food, clothing, 
and other necessity necess, necessaries provided for him, not equal to that which is provided for servants of similar rank or in the other houses, he may recompense himself by abstracting from his master's property as much as he as much as shall make his wages commensurate with the services. So has Valerius Reginald decided. Dang, these guys are like mafia, dude. Man. That sounds like mafia stuff, dude. I'm just saying, dude, that sounds exactly were the mafia were the mafia Jesuits? And that, that would be an interesting dig because this is definitely how mafia characteristics are. It is fair, however, that the pupil be cautioned that this lesson cannot safely be put in practice against his teacher. The story of John the Alba, related by Pascal, shows that the fathers do not relish these doctrines in praxi nearly so well as in uh, Thessi. When they themselves are the sufferers by them, Diabo was a servant to the fathers in the College of Clermont, Clermont in the Rue St. Jacques, and thinking that his wages were not equal to his merits, he stole somewhat from his masters too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, make up the discrepancy, never dreaming that they would make a criminal of him for following their approved rules. However, they threw him into prison on a charge of larceny. He was brought to trial on the 16th of April, 1647. He confessed before, at least he told the truth, right? He confessed before the court to having taken some pewter plates, but maintained that the act was not to be regarded as a theft on the strength of this same doctrine of Father Bounty, which he produced before the judges with attestation from another of the fathers under whom he had studied these cases of conscience, whereupon the judge M. D. Montrogue uh, gave sentence as follows, that the prisoner should be not should not be acquitted upon the writing of these fathers containing a doctrine so unlawful, uh, perni pernicious, and contrary to all laws, natural, divine, and human, such as might confound all families and authorize all domestic frauds and infidelities, but that the over-faithful disciple should be whipped before the college gate of Claremont by the common executioner, who at the same time should burn all the writings of those fathers treating of theft and that they should be prohibited to teach any such doctrine again under pain of death. <laughs> Dude, uh, well, I have to give credit where credit is due. He did tell the truth. He told the truth. But his his reasoning for what why he stole was because it was supposed to equal out the balance of what they promised to pay him. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's crazy. 
that's like let's let's okay let's fix bad by doing more bad i don't know man but we should swell beyond all reasonable limit or enumeration were we to quote even a tith of the nor of the moral maxim of the jesuits there is not one in the long catalog of sins and crimes which their causatry does not sanction pride ambition avarice luxury bribery and a host of vices which we cannot specify and some of which are too horrible to be mentioned find in these fathers their patrons and defenders the alchemists of the middle ages ages boasted that their art enabled them to operate on the essence of things and to change what was vile into what was noble okay so so is this like the beginning was a noble cause that turned out to be this way I don't know. It could be. It sounded like it. it. It sounded very noble of how Ignatius started this whole thing, especially with with the with the um, with the rituals that he was doing. But unlike Martin Luther, he he decided to go upon himself to find the 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 true the true um, the true relationship with God or being as close to God as possible. Martin Luther went through the word. He used God's word to get closer to God. Not like this dude right here who summoned up, de- I don't know. He, su- he summoned up some kind of deities. Um, he did some re- ritualistic stuff. You know, he did not, he did not do, um, he didn't do his searching through the word of God. He didn't. But the, uh, but the still darker art of the Jesuits acts in the reverse order, it changes all that is noble into all that is vile. <laughs> it sounds like the devil, dude. Uh, theirs is the accursed alchemy by which they trans uh, transmute good into evil and virtue into vice. Dude, it sounds like the world right now. Good is evil and evil's good. It sounds exactly how it is right now. There is no destructive agency with which the world is liable to be visited that penetrates so deep or inflicts so uh, remediless a ruin as the morality of the Jesuits. The tornado sweeps along over the surface of the globe, leaving the earth naked and effaced and forgotten in the greater splendor and the more solid strength of the restored structures revolution may overturn thrones abolish laws and break in in pieces the framework of society but when the fury of faction has spent its rage order emerges from the chaos law resumes its supremacy and the bear as before tree or shrub beautified it but the summers of after year after years reclothe reclothe it with verdure and beautify it with flowers and make it smile as sweetly as before the earthquake overturns the dwelling of man and swallows up the proudest of the ci- of his cities but his skill 
and power survive the shock. And when the destroyer has passed, the architect sets up again the falling palace and rebuilds the ruined city and the cat and the catastrophe is effaced and forgotten in the greater splendor and the more solid strength of the restored structures revolution it's like uh hegelian dialect right is that what it is um uh problem oh wait wait problem solution or something like that so, something to that effect you you create the problem and you already have a solution for it Hegelian dialect. I think it, I think that's what it's called. Uh, revolution may overturn thrones, abolish laws, and break in pieces the framework of society. But when the fury of faction has spent its rage, order emerges from uh, order emerges from the chaos. Law resumes its supremacy, and the institution which has been destroyed in the hours of madness are restored in the hour of calm wisdom that succeeds. <sighs> but the havoc of the Jesuits inflicts it uh, inflicts is irrendible. Um It has nothing in it counteractive or restorative. It is only evil. It is not upon the works of man or the institutions of man merely that it puts forth its fear fearfully uh, destructive power. It is upon man himself. It is not the body of man that is strikes that it strikes like the pestilence. It is the soul. It is not a part, but the whole of the man that it cosigns to corruption and ruin. Conscience it destroys, knowledge it extinguishes, the very power of discerning between right and wrong it takes away and shuts up the man in a prison whence no created agency or influence can set him free. The fall defaced the image of God in which man was made, we say, def uh, we say defaced. It did not totally obliterate or extinguish it. Jesuitism, more terrible than the fall, totally effaces from the soul of, the, of man the image of God of the knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness in which man was made, it leaves not a tree. It plucks up by its very roots the moral constitution which God gave man. The full triumph of Jesuitism would, not, would leave nothing spiritual, nothing moral, nothing intellectual, nothing strictly and properly human ex uh, existing upon the earth. Man, it would, wait, man, it would change into the animal impelled by nothing but appetites and passions and these more fierce and cruel than other of the tiger. Society would become simply a herd of wolves, lawless, ravenous, greedy of each other's blood and perpetually in quest of prey. Even Jesuitism itself would perish, devoured by its own pro progeny. Our earth at last would be simply a vast sepulcher, moving round the sum in it its annual circuit, its bosom of joyless, dr dreary, and waste as are those silent spaces through which it rolls. 
Well, well, we just finished chapter five of this. Um, I don't know if this was a book or some kind of writing, but nonetheless, it came from reformation.org. Reformation.org. So if you're interested, um, yeah, go look it up. That's chapter five. So, um, that's going to kind of conclude the episode of the day. Um, I did mention Hegelian dialect. Is that what it is? Hegelian dialect? Let me look that up right now. Hegelian. Is that what it's called? Okay. So I'm on dictionary.com. Hegelian dialect. An in interpreti- interpretive method used or originally used to relate specific entities or events to the absolute idea in which uh, assertable propositions, this is thesis, is necessarily opposed by an equally assertable and apparently contradictory proposition, antithesis, uh, the mutual contradiction being reconciled on a higher level of truth by a third proposition. Synthesis. Ah! <coughs> Got it. I understand. So, <clears throat> you have a problem. You have two opposing views for the solution to the problem, and then you come up with a solution, which means that these people are creating this problem. They have, they've created two opposing sides to create a, a um, solution to the problem. And either way, both, si- both opposing sides are on the same side. Without people knowing, they create the solution. Ah, I get it. Kind of like the great reset that's about to come, right? Yes, with the whole... Um, with the whole and that's it's it's being intertwined with the whole um the climate change stuff <laughs> can't you see the big picture everybody they're creating these problems man there really isn't a problem but they're creating it they're saying that there is you get two opposing sides making this argument about you know what the solution could be Hence comes the great new reset, I guess. Call me, I mean, call me out there for, for thinking that way. But I think, I think people who listen to my, sh- who would listen to my show, the handful of people that do listen to the show, um, you probably got, you guys probably have the same mind as I do. And if it's your first time hearing about this, do your own research, man. Don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a smart dude. Um, I do research though. You know, I do my own research and I share what I can share with you guys uh, as articulable as I can, even though I'm not a educated dude or an articulate person. I, um, I share what I find with you guys, you know, and you can make your conclusion of what you think, or you can do dig, uh, like deeper digs into what I'm saying, you know, and find what the truth is yourself. So... Anyhow, uh want to thank you guys for being here. 
at the bar this uh, this afternoon, this evening. Um, please do follow my social medias. I am on Facebook, Instagram, Clout Hub, Gab, Twitter, Truth Social, uh, YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, um, and I'm also on the foxhole.app and pilled.net. I do have a link tree. Everything is on the description box. If it is impressed upon you to support my work, please do so. I do have a PayPal, a Venmo, a Cash App, or you can go to the uh, you can go to the clothing store. It's all in the description box. Uh, I do have a sale going on for thirty percent off using the discount code, all in caps, Bourbon Thirty, like the number thirty, not the word thirty, but Bourbon Three Zero all together, all one word. So if it's impressed upon you to support the show, please do so those multiple ways. I really appreciate it. Um, And that's all I got for you guys today. So always remember to be kind to one another. And if an opportunity presents itself to pick somebody up, please do so. We've all been through life having hard times. I know I'm having financially hard times too, but hey, you know, uh, I'm here to do God's work. And every help that you guys can give is greatly appreciated. It really is greatly appreciated. Uh, And also, don't forget to say your prayers, everybody. Don't. Okay? It's important. It's important. Time is ticking. If you guys haven't noticed, time is ticking. So, um, with all that being said, the bar is now closed. Cause lately 
I can't help but wonder how wonderful this might be. Be. 